Yo, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to my show, The House List. My name is Peter Augustin, and we have another amazing conversation, uh, one that was super fun and very enjoyable for me to do with Burger Records, with Sean and Lee of Burger Records. Burger Records, the brick-and-mortar store in Fullerton, California, but known worldwide, internationally, um, as a record label. They've released hundreds, if not thousands, of titles. Have also played an incredibly pivotal role in the kind of current and new wave of cassettes from the early mid-aughts on. And um, I've known him for years. I've known Sean. We went to college together. Sean Borman and I went to Humboldt State University together in Arcata, California. We were uh, both journalism students. We both were in every class together and graduated and walked together. And Sean, the Sean that I know back from back then was super quiet. And um, I didn't see him at shows. I, 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 looking back, I, I'm kind of bewildered by that. But I saw him in class, in all types of classes. Journalism department at Humboldt State in Arcata, California, uh, during the time Sean and I were there, I thought was incredible. Incredible teachers, professors, writers, newspaper folks, and really progressive um, thinkers, kind of hard-boiled reporters. And uh, we, Sean and I both worked at, of course, as journalism graduates, the student newspaper, which was called the Lumberjack. Uh, yes, Humboldt State University's paper, the Lumberjack, because the mascot is the Lumberjacks. So anyway, yeah, dude. So I drove down to Fullerton, California while I was in Los Angeles. Thank you to my good friend, Brandon Best, who loaned me his car. And I drove from El Sereno to Fullerton in tr midday traffic. It took about three and a half hours uh, to drive 50 miles. And, um, and then we recorded this conversation in the back of the store, the one I'm right about to share with you. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, it's a weekly one. Sometimes it's bi-weekly. It's called The House List. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere where you normally would find your typical podcast. Most likely, you'll find The House List. Um, also, at SoundCloud. If you have a SoundCloud account, I urge you to hit that subscribe button. Like it. You can repost it, too. Um, there's many, many great episodes. I've been doing it now for over a year and a half. Lots of really great stuff to go back and check out. A lot of great, candid, honest conversations with musicians and people that work in music and so forth. In fact, every episode is edited and engineered by another friend that I met while I was at Humboldt State University, CJ Stewart, DJ CJ. Um, he edits and engineers these. So it's still very much connected to um, my period of time, excuse the peas, living in Arcata, a beautiful town, a beautiful place that I have many, many, many great memories of, and I have lots of great memories of Quiet Sean in our classes, and um, it was super fun to talk to him and to Lee, his partner in the business, 
and these guys are have incredible taste they're tenacious but they're super fun and easy just the chillest dudes in the world it made me miss california it made me miss humboldt for sure but there's like a certain there's a very definitive difference between music people in california and music people in new york um and yeah just seems a little looser and chiller you know (laughs) anyway I hope you guys really enjoy this. I decided not to open with a song because there's hundreds and hundreds of bands to choose from. A lot of bands that I worked with and booked in the past, uh, which I always found to be really kind of uniquely serendipitous that Sean and I, who didn't really collaborate in any artistic way while we were in college, although I had my record label at the time, I was booking many, many shows in the area. Um, We kind of sort of reconnect in that way. Bands like Jeff the Brotherhood, um, Ty Seagal, Slash, Loshina, among others, are bands that I booked, worked as their booking agent, and uh, Burger Records, of course, have released multiple titles from these guys. Uh, many of you might even know them from their various festivals as well. Burger Boogaloo, um, let's see, you guys probably know all this stuff, and if you don't, you can go to their website, and you can find out so much, much, much more, burgerrecords.com. Um, go to Discogs and just look, too, at the, the absolutely incredible discography, which I find super fascinating and extremely impressive. So enough with that. We cover all of it and much, much more in this conversation. So please subscribe. If you go to the SoundCloud page, you see we have a small donation area. Drop a little donation in there and see how that will help produce this listener-supported podcast. Yes, believe it it goes a long way flying to la and driving around that's not paid for by uh you know www you know what i'm saying all right let's get into this thing sean and lee burger records only here on the house list so yeah i mean well when was that what year was Uh, that when i freaked out yeah that was the year 2000 in Humboldt. Yep, 2001. Oh yeah. I was going to. I was staying in the dorms and uh, at Humboldt State. At yeah. Humboldt State. And well, you guys were first where, acquainted. Yeah. Where we we met each other, or acquainted. Yes. Uh, we were both on the newspaper. Right? Yes, the lumberjack. Yeah. Lumberjack. Yeah. I have. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And because you, you were a journalism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a degree in journalism. Uh, yeah, as did I. I know. We took all the same classes and With stuff. Mac McClellan. Yep. I actually went back uh, a couple months ago and spoke at the college. No way. I did. Yeah. And the only. Do you remember Marcy Bursener? No. It was like her first year when we teaching? graduated. Her first year teaching, but Whoa. she's ahead now, and Whoa. it's all different people. Oh, There's wow. none of the original teachers that were there. Yeah, and it's it's a completely different thing. Like we were like the last people to learn like real journalism. Now it's like AP style. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now it's like all internet. You know, all wow. you know. It's digital now. Right. And well, that makes sense because it was like yeah, two thousand one, two, three, and four, basically. Yeah. I guess and the turn of the century yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was Bush era yeah. journalism. Yeah. Great teachers that were very politically minded. Newspaper reporter. Uh, you know, Mr. Larson. Of course. Uh, yeah. He you know he recorded a ten inch back in the seventies with his no. prog band. I did not. Yeah. Know that. Oh, cool. Awesome. I remember he taught me Photoshop. I had his Photoshop. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, so yeah, he had a he had a prog band or something back in the day. I spoke to him like at one of my last uh, papers that I wrote. I met up with him and talked to him about it and started talking about music. Wow. And were you on the radio as well, KRFH? I I guessed it on. I didn't have a yeah. regular show. And also the pirate radio station, which is a little mm-hmm. slightly different vibes. So getting back to me freaking out, uh, I was living in the dorms. Uh, two of the kids in our dorms found a bottle of vodka in the woods, uh-huh. and they took shots and went to dinner uh, at the what was the cafeteria called? The depot. The depot. No, it wasn't the depot. It was the cafeteria. Okay. The, took shots of yeah. what? It was vodka that they found in the uh. woods, <laughs> and uh, okay. so when they came back from dinner, they were just like cracking up and they were out of their minds and I was like oh that sounds kind of cool like I'll try that and so I took half a shot okay and then uh it hit me faster and harder than any other acid or any psychedelic that I'd ever taken and uh, I was in I was having a good time at first and then I was like did I just take half a shot of like acid that people were transporting in the woods and that's when I started to freak myself out and the last thing I remember was sitting in my dorm room with a bunch of weed on my chest, just like smoking. Uh. And then uh, I blacked out. The next thing I remember is waking up in my room and um, there was a little piece of an eye from a poster <laughs> that was right above me. And I was just like <laughs> tripping on it. And then I kept somebody kept coming up to the window and uh, knocking on it and saying, come outside. And there was nobody there. I was hallucinating all this. And uh, eventually I got out of bed and I was walking around my room. I picked up a record and I broke it on my head. I'm just alone in my room doing this, like, out of my mind. My eyes are just crazy. I peed in my room. And then... uh, But we did break records on our heads during the noise. So that's cool that you're still performing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, check this out. And... uh, Eventually, I opened the door. This is like 5 in the morning now. And uh, I thought if I walked into the hallway, like a big wave of water or a giant boulder would come and wash me away. So I was waving my arm outside (laughs) of my door, like seeing if something was going to come. And then I stepped out of my door and everything, like, like I I snapped out of it, whatever it was. And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? And I walk into the bathroom and I, I look like crazy I and uh, wash my face off and I knock on my neighbor's door and uh, he's like, what the fuck do you want? And I was like, I don't remember anything that happened. Like the last, like I have flashes of things happening. The flashes that I remember is me on his bed uh, screaming at the top of my lungs and everybody else saying they're going to call the ambulance to take you away like you got to stop I remember that I remember exploding a bag of chips I remember riding on somebody's chair with a marker and I remember punching somebody in the face no and uh, that was all like I couldn't remember uh, just like flashes of things and I remember the next day was the Super Bowl (laughs) and uh, I destroyed my room all of my posters my computer stuff like I ripped them out and like I walked back into my room I just had to pick up stuff and throw it in the dumpster oh like God, I destroyed man. everything and uh, I talked to my roommate and he's like you punched me in the face you uh, exploded a bag of chips in my room you <laughs> drew all over my chair with a marker it was like wow it sucked it was really you think it was like hell's bells or and something, so or? what they what we thought it was was uh, if you put uh, um what it, it's not hell's bells you put like 
poppy seeds inside of alcohol and it extracts a really heavy hallucinogen. Really? It's somebody, and I think that's what it was. How long do you think they've been sitting in there? I have no idea. It was What's just, Hell's Bells? I don't know what that Hell's is. Hell's Bells is like, if you eat them, they're, they the grow, yeah, they grow everywhere right. and you'll trip for like days. I, we saw this band. Dark, it's a dark It's not trip. a good trip. Yeah. I saw this band like Tyrannus. Start fires and burn their houses down yeah. on Hell's Bells. Oh my God. I saw this band Tyrannus play at AAA in Anaheim and they're like a really, really good heavy metal band. Right. And uh, they had taken Hell's Bells earlier in the day. One, except or, one, two or three one, of them had. Like one, at least one dude was on something because he couldn't play and the, and the drummer was like if, why even why did you show up if you can't play and he's like throwing his drumsticks at him Hell yeah. and we ended up uh, Adam yeah we ended up becoming friends and putting them out on our record label years later but uh, he's like it seems like everybody was at that show because that's all anybody remembers <laughs> us for is for that show with those bells we were there I was there sure. it was awesome it was really cool. Well, you know, the, the show I remember from school and from the shows, because I would see you at some placebo shows, I think. Um, Probably not. I went no? to, like, two shows. Uh, I saw the Makers play, and I saw the Vanishing play. And I had to go to some shows because of KRFH. Yeah, so maybe it was because of class. Yeah. Because you were uh, always very quiet. You yeah, were an extremely I, quiet guy. I... Tripping on Hell's Bells no. or <laughs> no. Poppy. So I, I moved out of the dorms and I moved into an apartment. I lived with like a stranger for the next three years. It's just a rotating cast of strangers. Yeah, but well, uh, that's good for that. I didn't. Uh, I I've snapped out of it since then, but I definitely had like social issues. Like mm. couldn't be around people or crowds. I never went to any parties. I like it sucked and. I would go like seriously. I would go like a week without talking to anybody Whoa. at school and stuff. Like the only people yeah. I talked to was like ordering a burrito or something. Right. And that that was getting by the fourth year. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm ready to get the fuck out of here." I don't know if you remember graduation, but uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I uh, when I graduated, I I didn't go back after you pick up your diploma. I just walked off and met my family and we took some photos and I got in my car and we drove back here. Like <laughs> I was, while everybody was still graduating, right. I was on my way back home. Like I was wow. so ready to get the fuck out of there. And uh, what brought you up there though? I mean, just to um, live I wanted in a to get small away. town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got accepted to a bunch of colleges, but good weed. Yeah. And I don't know, just yes. a change of scenery. I didn't know anybody up there when I moved there. Right. Yeah. Pretty part of the yeah. California for sure yeah for sure I didn't know anyone when I moved there either too I went thinking I would go to film school there mm-hmm. so I went to film school in Portland Oregon and then I was like I gotta go to a regular college because it wasn't like a regular college or whatever yeah you know? and then I had to go to CR first you know which college is pretty dark yeah, yeah that's a pretty dark place <laughs> and then uh and then yeah then moved to these apartments some apartments you know, there's a bunch of apartment complexes in Arcata where they all have names yeah. and shit. So, and it was, yeah, I moved in there and didn't know anyone. And then met the people I just met in the building became like the friends I had the first like year. And some of them I still, in fact, the guy that I edit, that edits this podcast is a guy I met there. It was like, not to Let's give him a shout out. Yeah, CJ. 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 Thanks, CJ. Yeah. CJ Vermont, man. <laughs> And he was he's from Humboldt. He was, well, he's born in L.A., but grew up in Crescent City. Oh, nice. Have you ever been to Crescent City? I've driven through. Yes. You don't pick up hitchhikers in Crescent City. No, because they... You don't pick up fresh. hitchhikers anywhere, but uh, especially days. Crescent City. Yeah, because that's... What is it? Coos, not uh, some, Pelican Bay yeah, State yeah, Prison. Yeah. Very dangerous place. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, because I, like, you know, back then, I mean, it was like, uh, that's how I met Michelle Cable. And then there was a bunch of, there was actually, I was put on to a bunch of really interesting, unique musicians and stuff. And people that I, because I grew up on the East Coast, too, that I wasn't exposed to in Virginia. I grew up in a small town, Virginia. So, like, the bands, like, I mean, trying to think of some, uh, you know, Chris Collin and Rob Reardon and these sort of Eureka characters that were you know, local kind of punk anti-heroes and stuff were pretty incredible to uh, someone that had never met cats like that. Yeah. But, um, and then seeing shows and learning how to, like, promote shows and stuff with Michelle and when Panache is, like, just a zine. But it's funny how, like, you were seem- seemingly so quiet and introverted and not really going, not, I didn't know that you were what you're even into, you know, because yeah. we didn't really well, shit chat. Well, while everybody was partying stuff, I, I graduated in four years. I was taking like 22 yeah. units per semester. So you were just trying to get the fuck out yeah. of there. Right. And, and I didn't know any better. Like, I was just like, I didn't know 22 units was a lot until I graduated. And yeah. I was like, oh, you were taking 22 units? But uh, <laughs> I just did all my schoolwork. I didn't go to parties. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't try to make it. I guess I hung out with a couple of people sometimes, but... I never connected with anybody, right. and I would just, that's how I got into music, is those four years, just sitting there, that's how I learned to play guitar, just... Or deep delved into music, during that time, the transitional uh, Napster, it was a whole new age, so we went away right. to school and downloaded a ton of, a ton of obscure music, and while I was still finishing high school, a couple of years younger mm-hmm. than Sean, and I had uh, made friends with this group of the Pinks that were like big sisters... The Pinks. The Pinks. From, are they from here? They were, yeah, in the, in the early 2000s. They were all-girl, power-pop, uh, awesome rock-and-roll band. They all lived together in a house uh, in Highland Park before it was trendy. When it was mm-hmm. still gunshots and crazy Members shit. Members of Lowly and the Trendies Members of and Lowly Bitch School. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the fabulous Tuscaderos, mm-hmm. Alana. Shen- <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, the, they just schooled me and guided me and um you know turned me on to you know everything from emmett Rhodes, the bgs and Badfinger and the band and just cool real good shit and i'm turning sean onto the, the same thing and then it just kept opening up doors and i don't know that's where as far as just being casual like punk rock kids like yeah. we listen to ramones and yeah, the misfits and, music and, the doors, and punk yeah. music and stuff like, but once we Lee showed me Nils Groff, Lofgren one plus one when we went on tour. The grin, is grin, and it it definitely changed the way I listen to music and what I listen to. And like, when did you go on tour? This is before college. Uh, this no, was, this is during college. This is two thousand three. We, we yeah. invited Sean. Got a brand new uh, Kia. Kia it was Rio. a it was about a year cherry old. red, <laughs> cherry <No. laughs> brand new uh, car. It had a CD player and air conditioning. And uh, we had some humble perps, you know, and uh, nice. and we just uh, we invite ourselves. I said, on Kevin, our friend's is tour. it okay if we follow you on the tour? Because uh, it was our friends. Uh, uh, this was revenge and lipstick, lipstick pickups. pickups, and they said he said sure. So <laughs> me and Lee followed in the, and we had Dan with us as well. And uh, there's probably a dozen people on this. There tour. was like nice. at the beginning, there was like 18 people on the tour, <laughs> wow. and wherever we went, it was like a party, like on wheels. It was really crazy, and uh, so we went all over, and that was when. He he brought a CD of Nils Lofgren and that really got me into one of the Pink's uh, Jessica made for me like have fun oh, yeah. listen so yeah. it was just a cool mixtape and, and it was just a lot of 
Beach uh, Boys, yeah. like later Beach Obscure, Boys. Yeah, deep cut Beach Boys yeah. and stuff like that or whatever. McGinnis Flint was on exactly. there. Steelers Wheel was on there. Nice. For sure. So what band is this for you guys? Which band was we this? Were we, the were noise. we were the noise yeah. at this point. In high school. Yeah. Right. And then and we were, the noise will always be the noise and whatever. We, we were just on the tour. We were just like oh, tagging you, along. Oh, you weren't performing? No. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we just, just invited ourselves in yeah. Sean's brand new car and we followed him around and we smoked weed and had air conditioning. And cool. Everyone else, one people were in like a panel van with no air conditioning. And <laughs> no windows. No, yeah. no, no seats. It was just... Yeah, Where they, were the they, shows at? It was just in all California. Over, no, yeah, it was, it was in all America. Of the United States. Yeah, oh, well. it was like a month long yeah. tour. It was, wow, it was America. Yeah. But the the highlight of that tour, I remember. I think we're outside uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Suck Creek. Yeah, we're in Suck Creek, and we got I got to drink a beer underneath the waterfall, and they had a rope swing. Uh, too, it was that a you crystal just, clear river. Like you could walk through it, you could see fishes. It was cool. Literally. One of the best days of my life. Wow. It was, and I think for everybody there, like, it was probably one of the best days of their life. Except for Marty. Marty. Marty did not have fun. He didn't have, that was the one day. But it was beautiful. He was having a tough time. He didn't want to go. He was bummed he didn't want to go to Waterfall. Yeah, just one of of our friends, Marty was just having, I don't know if he didn't want to swim or something. He was having a tough day that day. Mm. So, you know how it is. Everyone's having the best day of their life, and then there's one guy that's like, this sucks. You know, Marty was, I just remember Matt, I was like, damn. We met some local kids there, and... uh, Zeke and Kyle. Zeke and Kyle. you remember them. Zeke and Kyle. Because their name was too creepy and weird in the South. Kyle is weird, you know. Because it was all all California kids that were on this tour. Yeah, so there's like 20 of us at this little... Uh, pond like creek and I went off the rope swing like 20 times yeah we were so sore much. they called they called us rope strokers yeah they called us rope <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny we were, we were holding on but it, it hurt it hurt for a few days I was sore from slamming in whatever <laughs> yeah. 20 feet into the 15 20 it, feet or yeah you would stand up on this rock and then you'd swing all the way down and then you'd let go and there was just like a super deep Whole yeah, it was it was amazing. I guess do they not have like is that not that water prevalent holes. in uh, there's California? water holes everywhere? Yeah, it's just you have to know where they are. Yeah. And if you live near Disneyland, and you're in the Stucco Strip Mall. Like, right. You're stuck here, I guess. But so you guys were born and raised in Fullerton, or no? I'm I was born in Santa Ana down the street, but yeah. was raised in Anaheim, uh-huh. uh, Rancho Daria Horse Stables, and I was born and raised in Fresno. Oh really? And I oh, moved okay. here in eighth grade. Oh, cool. And, and then, what, you guys met in high school or we something? We met, or? yeah, uh, October of 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. At a four-letter word show, uh, which was, Cafe the, in was Santa the, Ana. Uh, the band at our high school, like, everybody would go see. Oh, yeah? So. We're friends. What do they sound like? They, uh, were, they were the village people of punk rock. Yes. <laughs> no. Did yes. they have outfits and shit? They all, they all had outfits. Nice. They, had, they had a, a manager, overseer, uh, the colonel. Uh-huh. They're into the Church of the Subgenius. Yeah, they turned us <laughs> okay. on to Bob Dobbs and yeah. the Master Slack. And they definitely, they took me on my first tour. Yeah. When I'm I a was doctor of the Forbidden Sciences and reverend of the Church of the Subgenius. Wow. Yeah. You might have to put me on game because I'm not hip. I'm not that hip. Oh, yeah. They're, Church of the Subgenius. It's been oh. around for a really long time. Devo was part of it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. They, there's books and stuff. I'll send you some Please. pamphlets, yeah. materials. It's really, good. it's really. It's like great. a cult. It's like a joke cult. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it has a lot to do with our, part of our background for sure. Inspirational background. Uh, trying to. Convert. That was how I ended my uh, college. Uh, 
I I wrote editorial. I don't know if you remember, but I would write opinion pieces in the yes. newspaper. Yeah, I do remember. And uh, I the last one I wrote was like a fuck you to Humboldt, and like <laughs> it was just like uh, you know I know everything because I wrote outrageous articles that were so over the top, and like people would freak out, and there'd be a whole paper of just. I have a whole booklet yeah. of it, but it's like Borman very off base and like <laughs> oh on like the notes you would get from the, the well no they would print it in the next issue it'd be responses to my opinion oh yeah and uh, there letters was, to the editor yeah there was like four pages of letters to the editor to my <laughs> partial birth abortion uh, thing and then at wow. the end I, I was just like man you guys are so easily manipulated like I know if I talk about this and talk about it this way right. you're gonna freak out and right. that's what I want like you don't right. understand that you're giving me exactly yes. what I want right. and so uh, I ended my college career with fuck them if they can't take a joke which is a quote from Bob Dobbs from the Church of the Oh Sun. hell yes no that sums it up pretty well because I feel like even in that period of time in Humboldt people were, were you know easily triggered oh god yes and I remember when Spike Lee came to the university and he had like just recently uh, did a commercial for the Navy or the Army or something like that yeah. and man people were fucking up at arm they were so pissed off like in like protesting yeah. and he just came there to like talk for 45 minutes yeah. or something like that like um, yeah I mean that's, that's cool I guess like, I guess you're probably over a lot of people's heads clearly with that style of writing it was it was like sensational journalism yeah. and even before in, in it was like school. I was a couple of years ahead of the time because uh -huh. right now that's what everything is everything right. is triggering people and trying to get them uh, you know to react oh yeah and I was doing that way yeah. back then yeah you got but, kicked I mean. yeah, during, the, during Columbine in the 90s uh, in high school Sean got kicked out of school for a zine because of uh, I got uh, expelled for terrorist threats. What was the zine called? It's called the newsletter. It was. A, Did you guys make it? The two uh, of y'all. I contributed it started, eventually. Yeah, it started as a Sean Borman newsletter. Really? I started in 1998, February 12, 1998, is when I started it, and I was cool. I was running laps in PE, and I was like, come, I was just like thinking of stupid ideas, yeah. and I went home and I wrote a newsletter, and I made 15 copies and handed it to my friends, and then uh, I met Dana Bell in the back of uh, uh, AP Bio. I got moved to AP Bio and I was sitting in the back and... Uh, He's one of our friends. Dana Bell He's got still. in trouble okay. and got moved to the back because he talked too much. Uh -huh. And then we became friends. We were in a group together... Uh, working on a project for a biology class and the teacher comes and he's like smells like marijuana over here and Craig the guy who had the marijuana backs up and it's just me and Dana sitting in our seat sitting in our seats and we did it was before I smoked weed right. and I did I was just like, you don't know what you're talking about dude and he sent us to the principal's office and they they were like I don't believe you they're like oh, looking shit. at our eyes and and like I'm, I said I've never smoked weed before. Like I was in a car once, and people smoked. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's on my jacket or something. I don't know. But they checked our shoes, and they right. checked our palms, and and they called our parents. And that I went was the beginning of. I that. went home that night, and I wrote a story about it for the newsletter. Nice. And that's when uh, I really I handed out a hundred copies at school. Cool. Okay. And uh, it, the front the first uh, article was about the superintendent, uh, Miss Billings, of the school, calling her Kaiser Billings, because I don't remember if at the beginning, in the 90s, everybody was afraid of school uniforms. Like, everybody thought you're going to, because gang colors and stuff. Oh, right. Like, school uniforms were a definite threat. Yeah, you had to tuck in your shirts yeah. and stuff. Like that. Right. And so we put, like, 
a kid with a swastika on his uh, oh, shirt, and like you were trying to dress us all the same and right. everything. And I had to have a meet. I had I handed out all these copies, and the next day, at the very beginning of class, somebody said, uh, "Mr. Bowl, the vice principal." I saw him walking around with a copy of the newsletter, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Yeah. And uh, nothing happened until the very end of the day. In the last period, they call me into the principal's office and. They have a cop there waiting, and this is before Columbine. This is 1998, and uh, they start, you know, the the uh, vice principal leaves me alone with the police officer for about 30 minutes. The police officer, Jesus. yeah, the police officer is telling me, like, asking me, do, do were you trying to start a riot? Like, trying to get me to admit to starting, trying to start a riot at school. Oh, my God. And my response was, well, you never know what can happen with these things. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't realize he was trying to pin, like, trying to make me confess to something i was just like yeah i guess a riot could happen you know <laughs> yeah theoretically speaking yeah sure. wow. and uh and so and he was like well you don't respect my job like what are you going to do if uh, somebody breaks into your house i'm like i'm going to call the police because that's your job to come over here it's right. not a personal bias against me like that's your job to come and stop the burglar from coming to my house and just arguing with this guy for 30 minutes uh principal comes back in they uh, they suspend me from school for my own safety because one of the people on we made a hate list and that was what got us in trouble. But we were on the hate list. Our names were it was like Saved by the Bell. The new class was on the hate list. It was a joke, right, total right. joke. And uh, so one of the kids on there was a kid who bullied me in grade school named Ruben Mendez or something. And uh, and. I put him on the hate list, but there was like a gang member at school who was also of that name. But I was friends with him, and like it was weird. And they're like, "We gotta suspend you because this kid come, could come for you." And I'm like, right. "Dude, I know this guy. Like, he's not gonna come for me." And so they suspended me, and uh, they tried to kick me out. I I came home, and my mom was like, "We have to go get a drug test for you." Like right when I got home, like oh a surprise God. drug test. Right. And on the way there, she was like, "All right, man." Yep. Up, uh, taking the drug test it was fine. My mom was like, "If you have something to tell me, tell me now." On the, and I was like, "I don't have anything to tell you." I passed it. We had to hire a lawyer. Uh, we went to a local school placement meeting where they were trying to kick me out of school, and I, the vice principal said uh, he left me alone with the police officer for thirty seconds at the most. And I stood up. I was like, "This is bullshit." Like. He was gone for 30 minutes. I was alone with this guy because you're not supposed to leave a minor sure. with a police officer. Yeah. And uh, and that and then I ended up getting to go back to school. That vice principal got transferred to another school. Oh, and wow. uh, my parents said, don't do the newsletter anymore. So I kept doing the newsletter secretly. Uh -huh. And they were just releasing, rep releasing stuff and handing them out at shows. Because what they got me on was distributing on school property. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so I, I was it. like, well, now I'll just put it, hand them out at shows and stuff. So I hand them out at shows. A year later, I do the Hate List 2 uh -huh. for the anniversary <laughs> because why not? And it was right after Columbine happened. Yeah, and, a year later. And uh, somebody brought one to school, and they were reading it in the in the biology class the guy the teacher who originally busted me saw somebody reading uh, the newsletter he saw his name on the hate list oh, no. and sent to the principal's office I got called in and they were like we got you this time we fucking got you and they were like that and I was like oh god my parents are gonna kill me <laughs> and uh, they kicked me out for terrorist threats 
And uh, there was a rumor that I was going to go to school and shoot the school up. And uh, oh, really? Yeah. The somebody started a rumor that my mom had uh, called the school and said I was out of control. I had a gun in my locker, and twenty five percent of the school didn't show up. It was on the news. What? And this uh, is what Fullerton High or this is Catella High School right right down the street. And uh, Lee still had to go to school. He was like, there's supposed to be a shooter. Like, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. said it's Sean. Like, Sean's not going to shoot up the school. No, that's what my mom said. Yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, no, I don't know. I tried to get out of going <laughs> to school, but mom wasn't afraid of Sean. Right. So, uh, Sorry, I, had, Sean. I had to hang out with my sister's boyfriend. All <laughs> Even though he could have. Yeah. He's very well capable of whatever he wants to do. But uh, probably not. No, yeah. That. She no. knew that he's not. He's so not I had to stay with my boyfriend, with my uh, my uh, my sister, my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> this is a good editor Here we you. go. Edit. <laughs> I had to stay with my sister's boyfriend right. all day as like an alibi to show that I wasn't at school. And Mike Toady, yeah, Mike, who's Tody. a great bad influence on us. Who got us into music too? One yeah. of our oh, yeah. he's, early. He's ahead yeah, cool. He's really funny, and we'd stay up all night. And we'd yeah, so my laugh. sister would go to bed, and then me and Mike Toady would stay up and talk about music. He's the one who he gave me alcohol for the, like I got drunk for the first time with him. Uh-huh. I had a glass of gin and a glass of orange juice, and I would drink the gin, drink the orange juice, <laughs> and I got and I was like, it made me sick like of alcohol. Like any time sure. I smelled alcohol after that, I was like, oh god, it's the worst. And I got uh, a hangover. I didn't go to school oh, the next day, shit. and uh, and yeah. So he was a great influence on us, yeah. and yeah. I think the first time I smoked weed with him was with him. <laughs> and a bunch of other stupid he's shit. Funny. I mean, when it started working, man. Mike's is a funny. He's a funny yeah. fucker. Can I say that? Yeah. So I ended up getting kicked out of school. I had to go to Loera for a, a year, and then they let me go back to Catella for the last semester, and I graduated. But from while there. he was at Loera, no, uh, no doubts, high school where Gwen right. Stefani went to, um, we did the noise. Got to play the, the talent show, and we didn't even have to try out. He was yeah. the new kid in town. They're not even going to question his band. Sean's a badass. He got kicked out of school. Dudes, you're, you're, you're in. You're, yeah, oh yeah, you yeah. get to Instant play the talent the show. show. We're in the talent show. Right. So, meanwhile, so me and Lee started a band called The Noise because all of our friends were in shitty punk bands and right. we're like, we can be a shitty punk band. We don't even need to practice or write songs or anything. Right. We just, it's all about attitude and marketing. So <laughs> we had an exclamation would, point at the end of our so name. So it was capital oh, N, capital O, lowercase i, capital S, capital E, exclamation point. Really Lee would impactful. spend his nights cutting out uh, letters from magazines, spelling out the noise, putting Seal it on, putting style. it on yeah. tape, <laughs> yeah. and then putting it on like a white piece of paper, like a white sheet, yeah. and then Classic. and then yeah. these uh, these stickers are showing up on people's silverware and like showing up everywhere. And then eventually we learned we went to Kinkos and started making the paper ones. Yeah, and right. we started right. paper stickers. So anyway, a lot easier than so yeah, the noise, killer stickers. The noise eventually wound up. Go, we played San Francisco. We played Las Vegas. Like we went out of town, started fires. We and toured broke before shit. any of our other friends. We Sweet. Uh, were you booking those shows yourself? Yeah, our friends. Yeah, our friends. We'd jump on. Yeah, 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 yeah. we were young, yeah. and uh, but leading up to that, before we started uh, kicking ass in the noise, the first noise show uh, that week up, leading up to it, we saw Iggy Pop on Monday. At the El Rey Theater. Uh-huh. We got there about five hours before the show opened, and we were just, like, waiting, like, right. so excited. And yeah, we were, we were the first ones in line. We are front and center. Oh, yeah. Uh, Iggy spit on my jacket. We held Iggy up as he was fucking crowd surfing. I saw... Lee pushed me on stage. We helped push Sean over the barricade. Cause and I got on stage. Yeah, everyone was, was jumping awesome. on That's amazing. He put his arm around Iggy, yelled, Iggy rules. Yeah, I, I got... Uh, I have the set list. I just saw it the other day. Yeah. 
Wow. I wound up. I think I I found that and gave that to yeah. you, and I got uh, an Iggy Pop pick somewhere. Wow. I hope with his logo at the time. And he then, sat, so, he did so I, I drove the Stooge mobile in high school. I Iggy and the Stooges. Iggy yeah, Pop we listened to Raw Power about. before yeah. every noise. Yeah, before we, we played oh, get noise, pumped we, up. We yeah. put out, yeah. put on, and my my car. Uh, it only played full blast. The only way you could uh, adjust the sound was <laughs> through the bass and the treble uh-huh. like, to make it a little bit quieter, oh, right, but right. it was stuck on full blast. And at that point, we could put different tapes in, but before that, uh, tape from the mummies that I made got stuck in there. So for like two <laughs> years, all we were listening to was this mummies tape on uh-huh. full blast. That's and uh, yeah. So was- yeah, we saw Iggy on Monday, we saw the Cramps on Thursday in Anaheim with the Famous Monsters opening, which was. Sean from uh, White Zombies Surf Band on Estrus Records. There's the poster right there. Yeah. I have that CD somewhere uh, around the world in 80 bikinis. And then we got what to go venue on. is this? This is what's in Anaheim for venue wise uh, back at then. At the time, it, I mean now it's called the Grove, but yeah. at oh. the time it was like Tinseltown yeah, or it was something. Like a, I don't know. It was like the a, they, you would go there as like a. And they would treat you like a celebrity. Like you'd walk down the red carpet and there'd people taking <laughs> no. photos of you. Yeah, really? it was called Tinseltown. Yeah, <laughs> didn't last for too long. But. And then Shane, it's, I, I don't even remember what it's called. I got to dig up right. the stubs. But we saw fucking Crams. And we got to go and like up front. We saw, we saw Iggy and the Cramps in the same week as teenagers, and then so we've got all this energy. Like we've seen pumped. like the craziest yeah. people, still virgins, like so wound up. <laughs> right. Like I'm a twisted pervert, and like don't know what to do with myself. And we have this band we've never played before, we've never practiced before, but we're going up on stage with all of our instruments. And <laughs> never uh, played before, no, no. or practice, or practice. practice. Right. We it's just came conceptual. up with this band, and yeah. so we're, we're performance our art before we knew what the word right. before we heard yeah. it, and then we call. We said we were a mix of Devo and Ted Nugent. Those, nice. That was our, our mix. Our influence. Yeah. Our big. And so we went up and we just started making noise and stuff. And uh, Lee was just singing like whatever lyrics. And <laughs> and uh, our drummer was just like, he didn't know what to do. He was just like. He was pretend. He was, he was trying his he best. He was trying to play. Because like, he was one of her friends. Dude, Adam, no, Adam play G- something. I'm yelling at him. Adam Gage. <laughs> he played Adam Noise. Uh, he played that one show. And, and uh, we, we berated him so much we that he, he quit the band. The f- oh, and then shit. we said he started a band called The Silence. <laughs> and anybody who left our band was in The Silence. <laughs> oh, that's sick. Man. So uh, we had a rotating cast of drummers. We would go to a show and... We the first time we met Seth Bogart and Coomers yeah. uh, from Hunks and everything. Mm-hmm. We uh, it was uh, right. We played a show with Coomers Explosion in at Coos Cafe. The Noise did, and we didn't have a drummer because like Jameson got lost. He couldn't find <laughs> the venue or something. He's like, I'm just going home, guys. <laughs> and so we we're like, we need a drummer. And we asked Coomers like, do you know how to play drums? And he was like, yeah. He's like, we can't use you. I said, Seth, do you know how to play drums? He's like, no. He's like, okay, you can be our drummer. <laughs> And nice. so uh, he was our drummer. It was opposite because we asked Seth, and Seth said, "Yeah." Oh, and then the Coomer. Okay, yeah, it was Coomer's played. Yeah, with Coomer's played with us because he didn't know how to play drums. Yeah. and uh, and that and was how did, we became friends yeah, with them. We did shows with yeah. pots and pans, and people would donate things for us to break. So uh, we started and, getting and people stuff. were into it, like the audience. Our was friends, into it. our friends that are just wanting no to see us break stuff. Uh, we yeah. got kicked out of venues and stuff, right. and but the one of the greatest things that for me with the band was we were at the showcase theater and we're seeing some punk band and the people behind us were like have you seen the noise and uh, <laughs> i was like oh shit they're talking that's about dope <laughs> and he said yeah they suck <laughs> i was like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah 
I guess, yeah, mission accomplished. And we uh, were the 124th greatest band in Orange County, according to uh, OC Weekly. What year are we talking? Mm, 2000. Of all time? Early 2000. I mean, there was an article. We were like three spots above, uh, no doubt, I think. That's amazing. The 151 greatest Orange County bands of all time, and the noise got 124. Thanks. Thanks thanks to Chris Ziegler. Oh, yeah. He's looking out for you guys. He's a fan. We met Chris Ziegler. He's started the LA record local magazine yes and yeah incredible uh, and yeah and, and he also played drums on the makeup party's first single that oh, no way, he's right. holding up right there oh yeah put into the yeah but yeah so when did that when did the makeup uh, uh, so, when Sean went, so the noise uh, was on hiatus when Sean went to Humboldt and then oh, okay we went, and then we started the makeup party so I could pre- learn how to play music somewhat yeah it was like a more of a real band. Right. We're trying to. Play I would see them play, and uh, there was a keyboard. There was a keyboard player. Like first lineup. Yeah, uh-huh. this is an early, early lineup. And uh, Dan would be playing drums, and he'd like throw up, get like, and <laughs> keep on playing, and uh, just like. I wonder splash. why. Yeah, and people had problems, but uh-huh. uh, but it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> wrote about it, and then uh, he wrote about it. So uh, Lee is like the front the front man for all the bands, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I he talks that. and stuff. You know, he's charismatic. But in the very early version of uh, Makeout Party, there was another charismatic character named Dustin Apodaca. Okay. And I would go see them, and Dustin had like a keyboard thing that he was playing. He would be his bass, and Dustin would like step in front of yeah, <laughs> step he in front of Lee, his and then yeah. Lee would be like put his elbow in front of him and get in front. <laughs> like, I don't, That's awesome. I, you know, I'm glad Sean remembers it that way. It I don't, was funny, I, dude. I was like, I mean, <laughs> I think there was a little bit. Maybe you're trying trying to get your space. But Dustin is, we're all inspired. Dustin inspired the whole East Anaheim thing when he was a kid. Uh, Amikami, he was in high school, mm-hmm. in high school, and he, he, his band inspired his big brother's band to start the Four Letter Words. So okay. in a way, he's always been like the, a, a big spark of, of that. But yeah, Dustin was in a band funny. called... Uh, Dusty Roads and the River Dusty Band. Dusty Roads and the River Band. They had a little success. Yeah, they... They, uh, they opened they, for Blind Melon without the Yeah, they tore it. <laughs> so, hey, man. <laughs> no, they worked really hard. They rule, and they're more they're, uh, local. Uh, so what, how, would you bands. Des- how would you but, describe the East Anaheim scene? Because that's not, you know, that's so micro-regional in a uh, way. Yeah. That, like, oh, for sure. Like, obviously, people that don't live in L.A. There's probably have... There's a big history with the adolescents right? and middle class. Yeah, and, there's yeah adolescents. There's Anaheim there's and yeah. Fullerton. I mean, there's... Through the the ages of, of rock and roll, you can tr- track down. I mean, obviously, anyone that has ever picked up a guitar or plugged into an amplifier, Fender, is founded in 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 Fullerton and Music Fender's Man. Right yeah, here. Fender's right oh, here. I did so, not know that. So yeah, Fender Leo changed everything with his circuitry. Everyone right. ripped him off. Is is from then on after, but he he changed musical landscape. If you you know, I can't think of music being made now without, you know, a Telecaster or a Stratocaster or right. a P bass or a jazz bass or a fucking twin reverb or a music man, bass man. Oh my, yeah, man, Leo! Yeah, man, Fender, Fender. <laughs> fucking Fender rules, though. So Fender, man, rock and roll. If you, if you did, the fucking Farmer John, the premier, yes. recorded a version down the street. In, in Fullerton and uh, you know there's a lot of rock and roll history and then 
There's, what about these bands? That but you're the bands we're talking like, about, yeah. Is so this pop punk. The two thousand, yeah, late nineties, two thousand. Yeah, everyone. There's some hardcore bands in there. There's a lot oh, yeah. of jokey bands because of the four right. letter words. You had uh, Joe and the Chicken Head. They were there you before it. The, oh, or they were like the same. Yeah, time. around the same time. There was a lot. Yeah, there was the Von, def- the Von Steins. There's a lot of uh, dress up bands. Uh, yeah, like dress up bands. Is this late? You're talking what? Late nineties. Yeah, yeah, late nineties. This is ninety eight. There was a lot of humor in California punk, yeah. probably in that. Yeah, yeah like, I even like remember like that in Humboldt. Type. There was residual like kind of yeah jokey bands yeah. and shit. And, Costume. Yeah. yeah. There, there was gallantry. Yeah, it was, but yeah, I, there was some funny. There was some funny stuff going on, but in in our neighborhood, at least Everybody the handful of bands, we would all try to play shows together or whatever. Yeah. And there was, you know, just the beginnings of uh, Recess Records was like the record label that everybody oh, yeah. wanted to be on. Yeah. Yeah, FYP, uh, you know, was uh, one of the first Big bands that we got into growing up, and and it taught us a lot of like. Self-releasing your records. Yeah, yeah. And There's a long history of that here in yeah. LA with like yeah. LA SoCal punk. Yeah, and eventually uh, we got to put out an album, the Makeout Party. Our album was released on Recess, so it was, oh, it was, it was pretty magical. Uh, yeah, in, in that in that. Realm. Where does the band? What what is? How active is the band now? Our band uh, fell apart. Not very active. Yeah, we, we fell apart almost as when the store opened. Oh right. Oh, so we we started at uh, the end of year two thousand, and then we ended around two thousand nine. When yeah. the store opened, when the store. Do you think the store? It just because the store was such a big um, no, I know. project. There, were, there was some internal some chemical. The band. Yeah, there's some weird chemicals sure. that are affecting people's brains. Well, yeah, you're looking at this back <laughs> yeah. picture. Look at those crazy guys. So there's four They're of us drugs. right there. Four band members plus our photographer. In the teacup rides at Disneyland, uh-huh. having so much fun. The makeout party, play pretend. Shout out. We were all friends. Good times, best we're, times. Number yeah. one. Yeah. Well, so with that being said, I mean, obviously, like you know, maybe not a ton of, outside of this area, not a ton of people know about those bands and that scene. But I, 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 I mean. Oh yeah, the U.S. Bombs. Yeah. I think. Oh yes, Bessie great was band. Try- the yeah. Stitches, U.S. Bombs, Lake Shock. Shock. Those are our right. favorite. Like. Ones. Lake but, Shock was one of the best bands that yeah. was from around here. But we wouldn't have found them if it wasn't for the four little words, like because they we started going to shows and they right. let me tag along. They took me on got to go in the to mosh. Texas. I remember the first time I we went in a mosh yeah. pit and I was like, whoa, you know, my heart's racing. Right. I was like, that was awesome. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but how does that? I'm trying to build a bridge to the label or the store yeah, and the label. All, this so, is all. This is all. This is all. I would say the Recess Records paved the way in is in terms of like. A route to go on tour across the United States, like, right. like yeah. Todd was touring for a long time already. Kid Kevin from Four Letter Words, Kevin, who eventually yeah. started the Makeout Party with, uh, he was just n- networking, and this is before cell phones and even MySpace. So it was right. just connections that we had emails, calling clubs. Was it Book Your Own Fucking Life? Or of whatever. course, which is a highway. Uh, Influential, yeah, for self-booked tours, and then just you make friends with certain bands, and right. and then eventually they're like, "Here's my list." They're like, "Just right, good luck." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, my, my promoter list. Yeah, yeah. 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 So just you so know. we were following in the footsteps of, uh, of Todd and from Recess and Kevin, and uh, and Todd gave us the contacts for making uh, making records back when we first Bill started. Smith. Yeah, Bill Smith and Bill Smith, friends. yes, legend. 
So, were you, what was, did you do vinyl first or was it tapes or how did yep. was it? Uh, vinyl. We, this I, was our first single. It was the second makeup party, make party single. We self released. What's the catalog number? Just one? Zero, yeah, zero, zero, one. zero, one. But if technically in the real world it's TMP zero, zero, yeah. one. Oh, why? Because someone else. <laughs> this before it? Burger was, Burger was like, I we was, didn't know it was going to uh, be TMP, a like, okay, yeah, so like the Burger band self party. Yes. Yeah. Like we're putting Burger Productions and stuff and I knew like, Burger Records, and then I doodled it on the insert, and then we we stuck with it. So. Yeah, I mean, you've come a long way because what? How many titles is there now? Like at least a couple, what a couple thousand? Like 12, uh, we are on twelve hundred, twelve hundred something right now. That's pretty. But it was a slow burn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a few years ago, it started getting to the hundred a year, and then three hundred, three hundred. Three hundred titles a year, but we're trying to get down to a dozen. What was, uh, I mean, there's something to be said about that too. But I mean, the kind of s- we're supporting our friends and like sure. trying to make sure that everyone has a tape or something on the merch table and right. they can buy a gallon of gas and right. and they're spreading the gospel. Like they're turning people onto their art and oh dang, there's our little logo and then it yeah. just and they're people see le- it. Yeah, they're creating oh, a legacy for their band. I mean, having a physical release means that it's real and it's out there. Yeah, and it's, it legitimizes the band exactly right. and. We the get reason, to archive it yeah, and we the get reason to document. Why I work on the label so hard and we do everything is because I love discovering new music and discovering yeah. bands from all over the world and and you know, before we started the record store or anything, we'd go to the swap meets and we'd buy records we have two, three copies of already just so we could give to our friends and cool. turn them on to music and that's what it's all about is just turning people on to music and Turn like if, on in if I, yeah if I if I can send music from any genre from any time to anyone and they're like wow this is like it affects them in some way then right. that makes me so that's like my job is done right, and right. that's what the goal is now I remember the goal when we first started was you know I wanted to to be in the history books for music I wanted to yeah. like be a part of music history like to build a legacy for myself and for Lee and for our scene here and for all the bands and and did you think when at back at Humboldt you were like that you would want to try to get into releasing doing a label was that even an idea at that point? Uh, no, yes. no. But it was similar to with him in the newsletter, which was always his. Since I've known him, that was his project right. where he could just hole up and and do it. Sean's always had a, a laptop and he's always been doing layout design and, right. and he totally went and I to like school. being by myself like, yeah, yeah, alone. so yeah, I can, you I put me that. in a computer in a room with a computer by myself and I'll work my fucking ass off right. and gotta be weed there too though yeah. <laughs> unfortunately my crack but uh, uh, but, but so he, he he's, it's the same thing <laughs> like, he likes working on something continuously and yeah. and he, you know he's a man of habit so yeah and when I, when the newsletter was going on in in college and everything I was making the newsletter during college and stuff oh really yeah and so you it's only getting the, better that you weren't putting them out in Arcade or anything, I did yeah I made little yeah. boxes and I put them at the works and I put them mm-hmm. at people's records I I like really? handmade little boxes you probably did you there's no way you would say oh that's that quiet kids zine you know you would have no idea <laughs> no, i mean if you would have been like hey dude check this shit out i would never do that right. yeah i was i was like afraid of people pretty much i still am afraid of people. that's weird though because you seem like a very sociable guy because all the band i know a bunch i'm you know there's we have a lot of mutual connections with yeah. the bands that we both collectively have worked with over the years he used to book natural child okay. yeah, yeah and jeff the brotherhood and heavy cream and like yeah and yeah we met at yeah. third man i think 
Um, and, you know, through Michelle's stuff, I mean, I was Ty, Seagal, Ty Siegel's first agent, too. And uh, but I love how you guys did all those tapes and the double album side oh, yeah. tapes and shit, yeah. which was that was now probably five or six years ago. Too, yeah, right? for sure. um, yeah. I mean, to, but I think the point I was trying to make is that I know through all those people, you're it's like you know you're a pretty sociable dude. But I I mean I understand like uh, you know some of the most artistic, creative people they're not like the most outgoing. Well, in the world. we had a band for almost you know Sean was in the makeout party for like half for five, five years. years, but the right. five years. You know, it's just there's a thing. There's a dozen people in and out, and right. everyone. You meet a lot of people through the years. Yeah, and, through the uh, band, we've got a lot of contacts and stuff, and you know, helped me get out of my shell. You know, yeah. which I had a thick shell in college, <laughs> and I was, I totally like. I'm sure people thought I was a fucking weirdo because like <laughs> I'm. Quiet kid doesn't talk to anybody. Writes these fucking sensational opinion pieces. <laughs> Manifestos. Uh, yeah, and they're like, "What the fuck?" I I performed so once the noise broke up and I went to Humboldt. I started the future, okay. uh, which was just it was like uh, the noise, but it was just me. And so, uh, living in the dorms, I got them. I I planned a show just for myself in the cafeteria, like in the bottom part of the dorm. Mm -hmm. And I had to have a meeting with all of the, uh, the people, like the heads of the dorms and stuff. Right. And I, so I sat in a meeting with a table full of people and I was like, I want to throw a show. And like, uh, they said, well, what do you need? And I was like, well, I need guitar strings because my guitar has no strings on it. <laughs> and, uh, and they, they were like, well, we're not going to pay for your, your guitar strings. I was like, well, I'm just going to show up and I'm not going to have any guitar strings on my guitar. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And so they voted and I, I made it by one. I, and they paid for my guitar strings. Nice, dude. And, That's amazing. And uh, I remember I won by one, one vote. They bought my fucking guitar strings. How much is a pack of guitar strings? Like ten five bucks? Five or ten bucks. I don't know. But for some reason, I got it in my head that these guys are going to pay for my guitar strings. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Going in there now, I, I obviously wouldn't right. say that, but so I, I set up my show and they bought my guitar strings and uh, I had a bunch of reel-to-reel -reel tape and records and stuff. Cool. And I sat, I put up all my stuff in like the corner of the little quad and people are just like walking around, you know, there's nothing set up. It's just this kid setting up in the corner. Right. And so I turn up my little amp. And then I just start jumping around and like breaking all the strings and like getting tied up in all of the uh, all of the tape uh, uh. and stuff. And I'm like crawling, like it's like pulling me because there's so much. And I'm trying to break records on my head. And eventually, people are starting to like stop what they're doing and come by and like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I'm just like making noise and uh, and eventually. I have a record that's unbreakable record and I keep trying to break it on my head and it's not breaking and then I see a guy in the audience and I was like try and break it on my head and he tries to break it on my head and I was like it's not doing it and so I, I said let me break it on your head and so the guy goes down and I go boom and smash it on his head and it explodes oh on his God. head and uh, and I you know I'm just going crazy in this little corner and eventually I finish and I'm like, thanks everybody. And the people who are working there, like they come up and like, that was amazing. Like that was really great. <laughs> and I pack up all my stuff and I just walk back to my dorm room. And uh, a couple of days later I was, I was walking around by myself and I heard uh, some of the people who lived in like the older dorms, like the 21 and over, they're like, hey, that's that guy. 
And I was like, cool, like I'm that guy. And then after that, I would, uh, you know, the Redwood Cafe or the Redwood Yogurt Shop? Yep. So they did open mic nights there, right? Yeah. So every once in a while, I had no friends. I didn't do anything. Like I would get, I'd just be like, tonight I'm going to go to the Redwood and I'm going to perform. Like just, yeah. just do it. And uh, so I would get all dressed up. I'd get dressed up with my glasses and everything. And uh, I'd go down there with my guitar and I would plug in and they had a little piano there as well. And I would just start jumping around and start banging everything and like going crazy and start hitting the pianos, like breaking the strings of my guitar with my teeth and just going nuts. And then it would last for about five minutes and then I'd stop and I'd collect all my stuff and I'd just leave and get back in my car and go home. And I did it about three times, but the wow. last time I did it, uh, I, press charges. No, <laughs> there was a little kid in the audience, and he was just every time I would jump up and like fall on the ground, he would just start laughing and <laughs> screaming, and like he was having the best time. And that was the last time I did it. Do you but. do shows at all anymore? No, you don't perform at all anymore. Happens. There's been some offers on the tables. No, we uh we turned down our ourselves for the Burger Boogaloo. Did you? Yeah. You offered it we to yourself, and like uh, not a spot on the Burger Boogaloo, and we said nah. <laughs> True story, uh, though. When did that? When did that start? Uh, nine, nine years, years ago. ago. Yeah, so that was uh, yeah makeout party. One of our last shows was the the Burger Boogaloo, the first one in San Francisco, and that's when uh, the beginning of the end, I guess, because Sean punched Dan on the on the ride home. Alex, it and, was. Are we They wanted out, and we left. We left a few people on the side of the road. Wow. Sorry, I gotta get it. Yeah. It was a day show at the knockout, the first Burger Boogaloo. Right. No bunny. No bunny. Pips Big Play? Yeah. Yep. I remember we made your tapes. That was the day that your tape came out. Because we we recorded his we recorded his record in our garage. We self my dad found some two two tape duplicators in the trash. Nice. Gave them to me. And we duplicated like twenty five tapes that sounded like complete shit. And uh and we yeah, unlistenable pretty much, and we sold them at that show. <laughs> it was the biggest swindle they did yet. Yes. What was it? What was the band again? Pipsqueak. Yeah. That was the what was the release number? You tell me. Number tell me. seventeen. Nice. I think it's between like Harlem and King Tough. I hope or something. <laughs> I think King Tough was sixteen. Yeah, Pippi's one of the, the first oh, ones. Poppets. One of the first uh, discoveries from the neighborhood. Even though he's from the town next over, but yeah, it was. Uh, He's from La Habra, but mm -hmm. we court Mokasasa's favorite taco spot. Enough about me. <laughs> but we recorded it at the at the old house at Manor, where Sean and Dan lived. And uh, did you record a lot of bands there? Nope, just a couple. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like three bands, I think. Uh, but the the yes. first band it was like almost in house Motown style, or as far as the artwork they did, they recorded everything there. We got we did the art in the house. We pressed the tapes ourselves. But we pressed the tapes like out of town. It was all in house, yeah. It was all. Our one and only all in house release. So did like with those earliest releases? Was it? I mean, outside of the people that were from Southern California, was, was it from touring the, those early tours? That you started like just meeting those bands and Some stuff. Friends. Yeah, it was our friends, and yeah. our friends were putting out such amazing records. The Go, Hell in the Haunted Beat You Ride, is yeah. one of our favorite records of all time. And Apache's Boomtown Jazz and Traditional Fools, Ty's band. Uh, had all just released records. Apache, yeah, great band. Yeah, yes. And we were we were on tour at uh, Kirby's Beer Store in Kansas, and uh, we, it was after the show. We had 
Dan put on uh, Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun like 20 times. He paid for 20 times on the thing. Oh, and we yeah. just sat in the van and watched people leave leave the thing. And then the guy tried to unplug it. And Dan was like, I paid for that. And he plugged it back in and they finished it. Eventually, everybody left the bar. Was and it before you played? No, it was after oh. we played. It was a tough, like, everybody tough. smoking and, like, no windows or doors were open. Right. It was really hard to be in there. But I remember we're outside... I was on the computer and in the, sitting in the van, and I was like, "Man, no one is putting out tapes of any of these records, like any yeah. record." Like, we what should, year is this? This is two thousand seven, eight, right? So and the tape renaissance hadn't even really no. happened at that point. It just happened uh, uh, um, two months ago, according to Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're still doing the cassette revolution story. <laughs> yeah, we <Get> with yeah. <laughs> it. That's yeah. kind of a tired story at this point in time, too. Like, but it's you know we just did one. It's, as long as our name's attached to it, yeah. I'll, on the tip of someone's tongue, I'll talk about well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, pound for pound, if you look at any other contemporary record label, by far, I mean, you can dispute oh, yeah, it. I don't know. Making tapes now. Well, yeah, but you guys have re- released obviously the most unique when we, when titles. We, when we first started putting out records, everybody thought like cassettes are stupid. Like they're right. not going to come back. So we were working with Sub Pop and Vice and Warner Brothers and Universal and licensing were, the tapes. No contracts for any of, of these course. things. They handshake, course. Like, deals. handshake deals. Yeah. We'll give you some free tapes. We'll yeah. sell the other tapes, and then but that'll they, be it. To their benefit and 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 to their brilliance as well as ours is that they saw that as. Pr- Free marketing, free PR, sure. and it's keeping them DIY. Want, you know, exactly, they they cool. we, Weezer For called sure. us on the phone here, and it was they were like, uh, "Do you guys want to put out Weezer's new album on cassette?" And we, you know, we haven't been fans of Weezer in a long time, but yeah. the Blue album, Pinkerton, the Green album, are some of our favorite records of all sure, time. Sure. So this is our first record. They're back with Rick Ocasek, and uh, they called and it, and good. we said, "Yeah." And uh, can you re-release the old ones? No, probably not. It's a lot of legal wrangling. Came out on tape. A lot of yeah. Uh, we did Green Day Dookie on tape. Oh, and oh. Uh, we know the uh, the original artist uh, mm-hmm. Richie Butcher. Oh, and cool. So we got Sweet. him to draw a dog eating a hamburger, and I photoshopped the dog eating a hamburger onto the tape. So it's oh, a it's different amazing, cover dude. with a slightly, the, a slightly different cover. It's on the spine, uh, but that's uh, amazing. We uh, reissued Thanks, that Richie. for Cassette Store Day. Because Billy Joe just came in between Coachella, he came to the shop one day and yeah, he just rolled in. He was buying, yeah, he was shopping, <laughs> yeah. and then I didn't realize it was him until he's checking out, and I was like, "Oh, hey, man, come you be Sean, come be my partner, Sean." And and, um, and that's how it happened. Yeah, this is the beginnings. Yeah. And we worked yeah, yeah. with this kid for. I mean, technically, we put out it took a little. His whole it took a family, while. Except the mom. It took a while. We put out no Jacob Danger, his son. We put out Swimmers. Before Emily's uh, Army, before yeah, that, it, it, it took a couple of years of, of, of being a acquaintance or whatever. Right, right. It wasn't overnight. Yeah, I want to do Green Day. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it'd be so cool. We're still talking about it because I right. want to reissue some vinyl, like the Kerplunk and stuff. I That'd think be, cool. be epic. And they got the catalog back, so there's some conversations that are open. That we yeah, just one of the most amazing talk. connections we've made through Burger. Is uh, Iggy Pop though? Yeah. Okay. Bringing it all back around. So yes. Iggy we saw Pop. Iggy when we were kids. Remember yeah. the noise? Yeah. yeah. Front row. Got <laughs> we put saw my Iggy. arm around Iggy. Iggy rules. He, he spit on me. <laughs> yep. Oh, Iggy, I love you. <laughs> so, I saw women just stroking him. Swimming his private parts. Oh, it was awesome. It was <laughs> insane. Like, Damn, I want to do that. <laughs> he was 14 <laughs> years old. I was not 14. <laughs> I was like 15. You're 15? 16. 14, maybe. You might. 15. You're 17. I was 16 or 17. It was your birthday or something? Was it? Yeah, no, because it was 
It was like it was November. Like, you had these tickets, and you're holding them. Your mom gave them. Oh yeah, something. I mean, yeah. we're just excited. But anyway, uh, um, so Iggy Pop started playing some of our music on his radio show on BBC. He cool. started talking about Burger Records and like ten years later. Yeah, mentioning <laughs> us. Or whatever. He, he did like the later. some long, BBC speech and mentioned Burger Records in the speech. Cool. And, like, this is like the guy. Yeah, like, he's, spo- he's done every and every platform from from radio to public speaking uh, and to press paper. He's mentioned us through. That's awesome. So, and, and so and then we eventually were trying to get got a hold of him. Like it was like a gla- like we could see him talking about us, right. but he couldn't see us. So <laughs> right. uh, we're vibing him, you know. So we're I setting out, it up. I put out a call out on my Facebook. I was like, does anybody know how to get a hold of Iggy Pop? And uh, one of our friends knew his manager, gave us his manager's contact, and I hit Henry. him up, Henry. And we ended up having breakfast with Henry when they were in town. I got to go to the pre-show for his uh, for his le- his last tour for right. his new album. It was post-pop depression. And it was amazing. Cool. Yeah. We're close to meeting with Iggy. I we so the meeting has yet this and meeting still has it. Yeah, and then we haven't met him. I've amazing. tried. But I've, we I've been on missions. Other. I texted him Happy right. Birthday on his birthday. He says thanks, Sean. And he texted like we got him on our show last year on Burger Boogaloo. He played. Cool. Uh, he played Burger Boogaloo last year, and but oh, you didn't meet him there. No, no he, he came crazy. on. Stage. I held the gate open yeah, for him he drove, and waved. He drove in the car, and then he was I tried like, getting pumped up, and I've then went right on the stage, and then yeah. uh, went right off the stage, back in the car, and drove away. No yeah, way. It, it was no stealth. It was super smooth. <laughs> His crew was really good. Though. Yeah, he's got a he's got a pro team, and I bet uh, I. I love working with him. He's not an LA guy. He doesn't live in LA. Oh no, fuck he's in no! Florida. He's in Florida, yeah, right. living it up. He's ha- he's just he so drives around in a in a. He texted ble- a me. Uh, right I want a burger. He texted yeah. me that after we got him on the show. I talked to him on the phone actually. He called me on the phone one morning and talked. To, I talked to him about the show that we're doing. And cool. Stuff. And that was pretty amazing. Yeah, the lineup for that has evolved into a pretty incredible thing. Hey, I mean, makeout party. No bunny was a headliner. Back in 2009, now Devo and the Damned are the headliners. And fucking John Waters and shit. Yeah, How did host, you guys meet he's him? Hosting, uh, so our friend Mark uh, from been, Total Trash Productions, oh. he took over the Burger Boogaloo for the yeah booking, and so he did it at the Parkside for two years, and right. then after the Parkside, he did it at uh, Mosswood Park, and then first right. it was small, it was just the bowl, and then it grew a little bit and it's grew good. more and now there's like 10,000 people a day and what? It's just, really? yeah, yeah that's amazing that's incredible I saw the billboard up in the last year in the bay in yeah, Oakland we have a billboard up now for the new show dope too. just went up that's amazing man <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's surreal Ronnie Spector yeah Ronnie's playing. wow too many yeah to but also like in the bottom the bottom half of the bill it's all like the same cool like kind of smaller emerging bands and stuff uh, and, like, band. or, would you say uh, yes or no we got like shock back together yeah it's like reformation so, the two, show. yeah it's old it's like the mummies, reformation the rip-offs yeah. right yeah those are most there's punks a lot of punks are playing amazing for a show in a while yeah but yeah great. but underneath the ones that aren't on the billboard there will be some up and coming bands uh and then we have all the after parties and stuff because oh, it, cool. it ends at around nine thirty p.m. Right, right. So, so as it just grew, it, it was like we can this can be bigger. We can put it in larger rooms and stuff. Or it's like it doesn't seem like you're the type of guys that are going to be like we're going to like decisively more party build parties. The, more right. no. everything we do, we fall ass backwards into. Right. It's like whoa, how did we get here? It's like right. how did we get Devo on the show? It's, right. it's pretty, you know. It's insane. I didn't yeah. think the Devo thing was going to happen because 
Mark's feet were just down and it was like, nope, we're not performing. He hasn't, sure, he hasn't played in years. Understandably. I made a flyer without Devo because Devo wasn't going to play. Right. And then on Valentine's Day, uh, Mark had everybody make Valentine's. We made a Valentine. And then he scanned them all in and sent them to Music Mutato. Somebody printed out all the Valentines and put it on Mark's desk. Mark saw the Valentines and was like, uh, okay, I'm going to play the show. And he called his agent and he said, is this still available? And he said, yeah. And at the very, very, very last second. Right, like, right. And that's seriously. the power of love, folks. I mean, that's... that's well, yeah, it, that's it shows that like, you add some sort of de- human decency to an offer. And yeah. like actual... And it's not just there's like... There's no sponsors for this show. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. It's not a corporate thing whatsoever. So. It's all... Everybody who's putting it together are all like friends from the community. Right. And Have people tried to buy you guys or anything like that? Uh, yeah, somebody tried to buy it once, but uh, we didn't. Right. But... That was, you know, that's a whole other story with Bergarama. Sure. Bergarama. Oh, right, because there's, yeah, how would you distinguish between so the two Bergarama for people who don't is know? our huge show in in Southern California, but we haven't done it in a few years because we're... Burger, Burger Boogaloo, which is our longest running festival, is from the Bay Area. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oakland, San Francisco. And this one we do in Santa Ana. We did it right. with the observatory. Right, right. But uh, they screwed us over, and we haven't done it in a couple of years. And that was our first six successful like it, it grew f- a lot faster than the boogaloo yeah sure um so we got weezer fir- to play we got bone thugs and harmony to play right. yeah. first so year short. first year was a thousand people i think like off headlined and then within by the third and fourth year it was two day of events and yeah um, ten thousand people yeah. nearly eight ten thousand amazing would you say that, like... No, they don't take our phone calls. So what's they, happening? What well, kind of business this that? is that? That's some jack. They, That's they some are bad weird. business people. Okay, you want to hear a funny story that I heard from somebody in the business? Um, uh, call the lawyer. Tell so, so uh, um, Courtney, Courtney, the guy who, who owns the observatory, had a business partner who he screwed oh. over big time. Uh-oh. The business partner was like, fuck that. And called the city and said the observatory has uh, so much zoning things like wow. wrong with it inside of it. Go take a look. Uh-huh. So he sent the, the the old business partner sent the people there. They had to close the observatory for a week and cancel all these shows because they had to renovate everything in the back and spent wow. a ton of money because wow. uh, they had a bitter business partner. I heard he he golfs with Trump, but I don't know. I'm not trying. To, <laughs> I'm not trying to get into. Yeah, they you know. <laughs> We, we are, cu- they you know, tr- they took advantage of us, and they. I really thought we were friends, but uh, sure. that's part of the music business. There's so much of that. Like, of course, we want. We're just trying to have fun and release music and like right. get people to go to shows and like. And then there's yeah, this we whole, signed under duress. We so. did, and there's just all all this other stuff going on. Like, people have their own agendas and like feel threatened. Like, it's funny. We're when we're doing our publishing company. We have a publishing company now. Oh, cool! And nice. uh, Burger Music Publishing. And when we're we have meetings all over LA, like we have so many meetings, all the publishing people trying to find an administrator for us. Right. And it's a totally different kind of uh, yeah, playing field. I, I didn't even know, like, understand mastering and publishing. Like, it's sure. it's a whole another language almost. Yeah. So definitely. masters we, is another thing. Mastering is another thing. Yeah. So we can so go yeah, on master, and on. Masters yeah. and publishing. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about. I know, so, but the f- people listening, music business is a crazy, so confusing, weird and, thing. Yeah, the yeah. jargon. And, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. You know. 
in advance for, for a record and advancing a show. For us you, rock and roll yeah. laymen, we're like, whoa, you don't <laughs> so, own the rights to your own, you know. It's, right. it's so we process. got a meeting with a really, you know, big company, a giant company, okay. and we ended up signing with a smaller <laughs> company. And then that giant company sent the smaller company an email saying, like, these guys, I don't think they're going to do, like, talking shit on us. And I sent the guy an email being like, why is your billion-dollar company talking shit on my $100 company? Like, what do you have to gain from, like, sending an email like that? He's like, bro, I didn't mean it. Like, I didn't mean it like that. And now he's not even working at that company anymore. Yeah, so if we had time with them, yeah. like that's the funny part. And guys never, like that end up I'll not because ne- they're they're just trust them their jobs. Those guys can get fired. And he was like super out. nice to us to our face. But of as course. soon as we didn't sign with him and sign with somebody else, he's like right. talking shit behind our back. Right. And I sent and I heard about it. and I sent him an email, being like, "What the hell, dude? Like, right. this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't end- And that's just the people you're going to meet in the music business well especially if you work yeah, up, higher up you to get, the higher yeah. ranks and when that's how they know. got there from being backstabbers right. and being shitty people Something yeah and when yeah. you know when you start when people start seeing oh 10,000 10, people bought tickets to the show then of course a lot of corporate eyes yeah, are going to so start golden looking voice, deeply golden up. voice tried to buy burgerama mm-hmm. we said no golden voice hired the guy who books burgerama burgerama never happened again Mm. I this is my conspiracy theory. I sent this to the booker saying like, please tell me this just isn't true. Like, am I just crazy? It didn't respond to me. I sent him an email every week saying, please, like, we're friends. Like, we worked. I, you're on my VIP yeah. list. I talk to you every day. Just right. email me back and tell me. And for seven days on the last day, I said, man, this is the last email you're gonna get from me. Like, if you oh, don't well. respond, this is it. And that was the last time I ever talked to him. Oh my god. And this was two years ago. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Man. Yeah, so. No, it's it sucks. The relationship souring because of unfair business practices. Right, right. It sucks. Like yeah, if we could just sucks. be friends and work together, it would be awesome. But if we can just be honest and straightforward, exactly, yeah. even if we know, oh fuck, there's no burgerama again because for this reason or right. whatever. I mean, we're practical. They just strung us along, like after this iced us. The, well, That's what first, hurt. The last time they one. talked to us was after the beach goth. I don't know if you remember, but. I'm, the I'm, last I'm, real beach got right. they, they did Growler Six last year because right. the Growlers are doing the same thing with the observatory that we're doing. Right, uh, yeah, the very similar stuff. lineup type of yeah. vibe. And you know, they're, venue, they're screwing them over the same yeah. way they're, they're screwing us oh, over. Wow. So, but they're in court and litigation and stuff with uh, with the observatory. We're not. We don't have any money for that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, so after wow, yeah. there was a huge like debacle for the last beach goth you know just overcrowded moving venues at the last second and uh right after that they sent us they sent lee a text because he didn't talk to me anymore saying let's talk about burgerama on tuesday and i was trying to i was i was was trying i was going after yeah for for a long time i was doing the best i could and i was communicating sporadically with uh, Jeffrey, I know this is funny. Yeah, uh, if you I mean, have to say anyone specific name, you don't feel like. Ah, uh, no, I know. It's just, I. It's just. You know, it, what we're saying I mean, is, it just sucks losing friends or like trying, you know, making friends in the business. And like, I really, we trusted him, and he helped. I'm not gonna like he helped sure. build our brand, like as far as and locally, and giving us a place to showcase all our artists in a nice environment. Right. And for the most part, I mean, but. You know, we had a good relationship with. He the, was with my the, favorite booker out of yeah. all the bookers. I loved working with him. Us, I talked to him every day. And, and we and we liked doing shows there, and, and it was becoming. The whole crew. It was yeah. Was that's what I mean. Is like it was becoming like family, and it was it was a cool thing. So it, it hurts to be, 
you know, iced out of the family. Or, for no reason. You know. for And won't be given an explanation right. or anything. That stings, like, that yeah. part. Yeah. yeah and we have a contract with them until 2021. Or some bullshit yeah. that... Yeah. It's just all shady stuff, but... So, I mean, um, do you guys still do <laughs> Southline? Oh, yeah. Because so, that was... You guys kind of made a pretty huge, like, mark there, too. I mean, especially, you know, the kinds of bands that you would bring. And it's like... That stuff preceded any of the California festivals, too, right? Yeah, we're on our... We just did the seventh, Burgermania. Oh, okay, cool. So they kind of in tandem then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's a meeting ground. Uh, sure. The people are coming from all over the world. But you build these, like, cool tour showcase tour things. Yeah, we were South doing, by Southwest is yeah, easy because there's no money involved. So I can book that one myself. Right, right. And... Uh, and it turns out really cool. I mean, this last one was probably the best yet. This is the oh, first, really? first time we've done two days at cool. Burger Mania at Hotel Vegas, and it was the biggest Sunday that they've ever had. Dope. Do you think because... Now, this is just because I, I haven't been there in, like, maybe two years, two or three years now. You're lucky. Do you think that yeah. it was that successful because people have been kind of shifting out of going there? Do you, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Just I tell I have not to go just because right. it's such a headache and so crazy, but bands always go. And right. In the last few years, I mean, since uh, the, the 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 drunk driving or the car was... Oh, ran. yeah, that's when I was there. Yeah. yeah it, it, and then it, it was a little light. It's been a little, you know, you can feel it a little, at least I felt it. Yeah, right. the last four or five years we've had hotels, but the the... Eight years before that, <laughs> we would sleep in the van. And we'd just or party was, and just wind up wherever you went. Yeah, you'd, you'd fall asleep at five a.m. You'd wake up at nine a.m. and get ready for the sleep next at show. Trailer's yeah. base. Yeah, right. I slept in the record store over there. Oh yes, shout out to Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah those, yes, those were the exciting years. Yeah. I feel yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of bands like kind of hit their stride at those shows. For like, sure. I mean, I think the Infinity Cat kind of scene was like you know really. Oh yeah, uh, peaked there and stuff or whatever. But yeah. like, of course, Michelle's For shit sure. too, Panache yeah. stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just know that you guys like. There's, there's. It's hard to, um, you know, distinguish yourself in such like a massive shit going on there. So you guys, I got to commend you guys for oh. being able to kind of cut through the bullshit and people know it's like, oh, like besides all the corporate sponsorship, there's actually some. Yeah, cool regular stuff. So we got our foot in the yeah, door. Yeah, there's fireworks <laughs> through handing out buttons. That I mean, I felt like that was a big help for us when we would do the sh- we would do our first show at Trailer Space. But then the every- makeout party played. Oh yeah, yeah. And Make- that's how we had the, the connection from. Yeah, that's from, how we got the connection through makeout party. We played party. their second. We played their second day of business or whatever, and that's we met them early in both of our. Existence and so they uh, were like our sister store, but oh, cool. it was one of the best record buying days of my life for spent, you purchasing yeah, records. I spent like yeah. three, he had just gotten a divorce or something and was like, Fuck this, fuck my records, oh, you so know. So he's he selling was like, his personal collection, yeah. So I got like awesome hundred dollar records for five bucks and like just I, I spent three hundred dollars on records there, nice. But it's the kind of place for those that don't know Trailer Space Records, uh, uh. You walk in, and if you're buds, or even if you're not, perhaps you, you know, he'd offer you a shot and be putting live fireworks in your hand. So <laughs> right. before yeah. you know it, you're throwing firework crackers at his customers that are <laughs> minding their own business, <laughs> and then you're being forced to get too. drunk. You're not, right. you know, not forced he, to, but right. they encourage. They they they're a wild they're, bunch they're, of Yeah, them. I love them. They're yeah. they're good time. So yeah, you'd walk friends. in, he'd toss you a live firework, and that's the kind of <laughs> <Whoa>. vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so what? So what's the new shit that you're working on? What's the Japanese band? That sounds like pretty cool. That's Chai like kind of the new. Is uh, we, they came to South by Southwest this year. Um, we put out their debut album on cassette and CD called Pink. And it's the, like the world by storm. LP is yeah, going to come out very exciting. soon. They're they are amazing J-Wave. musicians. It's called J Wave. It's a new the thing new that's happening in Japan. It's called Neo Kawaii. So it's like Neo cute, like short legs yeah. are cute, and you know pudginess is cute because uh, cool. ka- they think in Kawaii, uh, in Japan, Kawaii is big eyes, long legs, tall. Right. You know the stereotypical beauty thing. So their their whole thing is Neo Kawaii, which is uh, you know ugly is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and they're so accept yourself. The, the musicians, yeah. the drummer, and the bass player are really fucking amazing. No, the whole band right? is the whole uh, band next is, level. Yeah, cool. everybody. Musicianship. They're Mana. They're Yuki. They're a funky bunch. They are nice. really really good. And everybody who saw them, from the punks to the regular people, right. they were all like blown away by them and taking cool. photos after all their shows. People lined up to take photos yeah. with them and. Dope. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah that's, they, that's cool. They released a thousand LPs in Japan. They're on Sony in Japan yeah. and uh, sold out immediately. And it's going for eighty bucks now. They released a <laughs> single that's going for like two hundred dollars now. Wow! So we're gonna ruin the market yeah. by uh, <laughs> flooding <laughs> the shit out. We're gonna flood it, baby. Gotta yeah, devalue those records. <laughs> yeah, they have like million views on their videos, and their vi- all their videos are really good. They do all their own artwork and cool. So it's got like a punk. Rock yeah. kind of thing yeah. going, and they're no, the there's s- definitely a, a DIY. They have a really good team behind yeah, them. All, team all of their mm-hmm. managers, like they have to have the translators, and they right. have to have. They don't trans- speak English. No, yeah. they have to have very well, a little bit, a little bit. They have there's to have. Uh, we'll watch some videos after this. Yeah, cool. We'll some videos, but there's something special happening, and I found them through the Burger World Japan. So I do these compilations called Burger World, where oh. um, I'll. We've done Israel, France, Mexico, Japan. Germany just came out, or will come out very soon. I'm just about to finish Australia. And what I do is I put a call out on our social media for bands that are from there. And I'll get like three or 400 band submissions. And I'll have our intern get all the links to them. And then I'll spend like eight hours just going through... Stuff yeah, I lift the 15 seconds of each band and narrowing it down to like top 100 and then the top 50 and then the top 15, sure. top 10, whatever. And uh, that was how I discovered Chai. They were one of the bands that I picked for Burger World Japan. And all of the compilations I've done are, don't mean to toot my own horn here, but they're really, really good. They're, I think so. they're like, <laughs> it's some of the, it's music you've, it's like really underground music. Yeah. Yeah. Bands from Mexico, there are bands on the compilation there. Like, I've never heard of this band before, right, right. you know? Because I'm not looking at how long they've been a band. Like, I'm just putting right. out music I like. And Well, that's like Burger Records. All the previous releases are yeah. in that same mind. But right. so we make, we send most of the copies to the country so oh, that cool. it can spread around the country. And it's like a, you know, I wanted, we were, I wanted to expand internationally however we could sure and i looked into pr in different countries and it's so expensive for pr right so i was like we should just do burger world compilations and then you know that'll be that'll be an even better way to get us into that country and to discover new music and for for every country we've done we've discovered one or two bands that have made it onto burger records and we've done or or if we visit countries we do our best to find the best bands and right. if we spend enough t- time over there uh so that band Heinz 
Pines, you know yeah. What, what country were they They're from? Spain. Oh, okay. But cool. the first time I went to Spain, uh, it was for Monkey Week Festival in Puerto de Santa Maria, and these girls came up to me and they're like, "We love Burger." Like they in love with Burger Records, and I was like, "This is awesome." They uh-huh. they took me around and showed. Cool. It was my first time being overseas, and oh, cool. Uh, I went and saw them play, and they were really good. So many people. They were called Deers then, and then. Uh, and I was like, man, they're really good. And so I was walking around. I was just walking around the city, and I was thinking, man, I got to talk to their manager to do something with them, like yeah. right now, because everybody's talking about them. It feels like something. Same yeah. thing I felt with Chai. Right. And uh, so I went. I found the manager sitting at a table somewhere, and I was like, hey, we got to do the Chai tape, and we put a or not Chai, but we got to do the Heinz tape mm-hmm. and do the Heinz stuff. They were called Deers at the time, and then uh, we did uh, a bunch of stuff with them, and they. They just played uh, Burgermania again, and they—they they are the hardest working band that I know of. They are on tour all across the world constantly. Oh, cool! They played sixteen shows at South by. I think last year they did eighteen shows, yeah. and I was talking to them. I was like, "Man, your schedule would kill any other band." Like, yeah, seriously. But they are really, really good, and they got their start just covering Dead Ghosts, which is another oh. band on our label. Right. They covered okay. Dead Ghosts on YouTube just them playing their guitars on YouTube and that was somebody saw it and discovered them that way and wow. it was like the first time they'd ever played guitar and they yeah. went to the Netherlands discovered Moses and the Firstborn Sean went to Chile discovered Tremontina cool so uh, we, we through Burger Records we get to they fly us to different countries to speak at conferences and yeah, sure, festivals sure. occasionally, so. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. last year I went to Perth Australia and I went to Bogota Colombia and Mexico City I got to go to Australia yeah. I got cool. to Australia for, and discovered went to Bali that's amazing yeah nice burger records so we're slow, slowly seeing the world on other people's dime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's. I mean, I've done that too over the years too, and it, and not only. I mean, it's kind of invaluable to be able to, you know, sit and talk to the industry there, or, or the especially the bands. I, got, there. I rode. I got to ride a Ferris wheel with with Meredith, uh, or not with Meredith, with Michelle. Excuse me. Panache. Panache. Oh, nice. At, uh, uh, I believe. I think we're in. I don't even remember. Maybe in Australia, somewhere <laughs> around the world. Somewhere out that there. That sounds fun. Yeah. Somewhere out there, rolling. And when else am I gonna get to ha- hey, have man. that kind of quality that, time? That kind of shared she's experience. Tough, she's a tough businesswoman, and oh, I know. So it was nice to have some quality time and try to try she to was stuck. try to make a and smile. Yeah. So your first little <laughs> pitch, you're just like throwing left <laughs> yeah. and right at her. No. Yeah, I got this band and this band. No, <laughs> I was just being silly, probably. Yeah, no. My that's friend, her, we had a mutual friend, Josh, Josh Eden. Who, who, oh yeah, he's, he's a buddy of mine too. Yeah, great guy, New he's Yorker. A sweet, he's yeah. a sweetheart, and uh, we we made friends over uh, the Love and Spoonful. Oh, cool! And shout out to Josh. Shout out! Yeah, shout out to Zal. He's served us some cool bands. Oh yeah, he's got great taste. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, cool. I mean, you know what? So I, mean, I I could ask you what other shit you have going on, but I mean, if we there's just came home from the Burger Go Go tour. A couple yeah. weeks ago, that, How was that? That was amazing. It was a West Coast jaunt to Canada. And you snow. roll with bands. Too? I drove the Flytraps, and uh, our tour was the first day, and the Coat Hangers headlined cool. with uh, Death Valley Girls support and Fields and Flytraps alternating opening slots. Cool. And it was awesome. Sold out San Francisco, oh, yeah. Seattle, um, 
Seattle was close capacity, uh-huh. and um, uh, if Portland may have sold out too. So all the shows were were popping, even in the lighter markets. I thought yeah. Eugene and and Santa Cruz. I th- I, f- I felt really there was a snowstorm. There was snow and good stuff, but I felt uh, in a lot of places. But there was good vibes. There was everyone. Uh, the morale <coughs> was high, and I right. and I think I think it, I think it was a success and. Nice. It's cool to see coat hangers like becoming real headliners and yeah. like drawing oh, yeah. headliners. You know, they they've been touring. at it for a long time. Yeah, touring nonstop. Yeah, they're in the cycle. You know, like just touring, playing, writing, recording, and awesome. uh, supporting all those records. And they support every record they put out, and they make fans every time they go out on tour. And um, true, they're in a really great great place right now. I, I was uh, happy to hang out with them every night. They're super sweet and just killing it they're on top and i really look forward to their their the next stuff they're doing because they're yeah. they're all in a re- they're they're reaching higher consciousness and they're getting away of some some dark stuff that right. that scared me sometimes i don't know so yeah they're 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 ruling they're ruling the world right. and then we had a day two for the burger go-go that was dengue fever winter summer twins and patsy's rats who all cool. rule and that and was a great tour as well tour, yeah, yeah. John, when was the last time you went to Arcata? Have you been back there? I went Since to Arcata. Escaped. Yep, I went last year. I spoke at the at the college. Yes. And uh, it was cool. I like you know the uh, lady at the uh, uh, oh, what's the that journalism department? Mm, well, Marcy Burstner. She's, yeah. she's awesome. Uh, so I've stayed in contact with her over the years. Michael Moore is still the booker at the university. Yeah. For what it's worth, he was there when we were there. You know, um, I went to what's the Arcata, the place where they make hamburgers on mm. on. Stars. What is it? Stars. No, not it's. Uh, Stars is. It's called Arcata something or other, but. Pizza Deli. It's right. It's near. Uh, I think that's it. It might be the Pizza Deli, but the lady was really rude to me in there, and I didn't oh. appreciate was it. Was that a late night thing? <laughs> no. That's where you get the pizza bagels, like after the show at the Alibi or the whatever. Pizza bagels. At our, yeah, or maybe I'm thinking. No, I, I had a I had a really great time, and I always find good records when I go there. Yeah. Right now, not to be morbid or anything, but record mm-hmm. buying is is going to be cutthroat. Well, it is cutthroat. but yeah. It's going to get really interesting <laughs> no. soon because the people who are passing away oh, are the yeah, people yeah, who yeah, yeah. collected good. You know, it's not grandpa and grandma music. It's no. music from the '60s and the '70s. Right. So, I think up in yeah. Humboldt. If you're a record buyer, you're going to start finding a lot of interesting even, things in the next right. in the next 10, 20 years. No, a lot of the punk stuff is going to be unearthed. Here, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah and like up very, there, Very valuable and very rare. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think record buying is going to get really interesting. Like a lot of stuff that people haven't seen in a long time are going to be is going right. to be showing up and popping now up. that's if it depends on the if like the real those big collector dudes don't exactly. swoop in and buy yeah. the collections and then flip them for but, t- five times the value too, yeah so. i mean people bring collections into our shop here oh yeah because you i mean you have, do have a, a brick have and mortar store too, we do so. yeah so we've, we've had the store for every, every single day every single day since october 3rd 2009 so we have been open amazing. every single day for almost three thousand days straight Christmas, Thanksgiving, everything. We've been open every single day. Have you guys been day. here for every single one of those days? Not every single one of the days. Yeah. No. Break no. We finally... We, Sean lived here seven years. I lived up there for seven years. Shut up. Really? Yeah. So when we That's opened the tight. shop, my I moved in with 
back in with my parents to save money and right. then make up party one on tour. When I came back from tour, my mom greeted me crying, saying we sold the house. Oh no. And they moved to Nashville in like a month, like a couple of weeks before the shop opened. Right. And so I was like, well, I gotta move into the shop. And I lived up there for seven years with no shower and no kitchen. And I was in there for about five years. And Lee lived in the front of the shop for five in years. various places. And get a new my girlfriend lived up here with me oh, for about four years as well. Wow. And so we'd have to climb up this ladder. Yeah. And uh, it's, it sucked. Like, in the middle of the night when you got to go to the bathroom, you have to, like, climb a fucking ladder. Like, a real right. ladder. Like, if you fell off this ladder, it's ten feet in the air. Right. You'll, and you'll those are pretty yourself. wide steps. Yes. 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 Straight. And there's nothing to grab onto up there. Like, you're just, you got to kind of shimmy your way. And uh, I fell one time. I had forgotten something when we were going to the record convention, like, at 5 in the morning. And I ran up, and I climbed up to grab it, and then I, like, lost my footing, and I fell backwards and hurt my wrist. But that that was the only thing, that was the only time I fell. Wow. Yeah, we sacrificed a lot of uh, privacy or anything. We just... This, we just we dwelled. A lot. I mean, yeah. if you want to start a business and like do it well, and you don't have any money, and right. you know, we didn't we didn't start off like I cashed out when we started the store. I cashed out my four hundred one k. I'd been working at a boating and fishing magazine for five years. I was an art director oh. there. Oh wow! Yeah, and I saw that you still have the ad cut out. Yeah, yeah. Because cool. I because during my it was in one of your in a little box but I have a bunch of these little wood boxes for my mom's things so I was like is that would my shit get moved and I looked and it was yours and it, you still have the so out. we got each other jobs uh, uh-huh. he uh, he cut out a thing for the newspaper graphic saying designer. graphic designer wanted because I minored in graphic costume design costume character uh-huh. dumbass and then uh, <laughs> I was looking through the penny saver and I was like oh, oh La- Lady Liberty costume character like you should it do this say, it didn't say it, Lady it, Lady it just said costume turned, character uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I'm thinking cool I'm gonna be Mickey Mouse or something. I didn't know that. So you know those. Tax I'm too tall things. for Mickey. Okay. You know, so. uh, the IRS or the tax things. The people Liberty dressed tax. up as Lady Liberty on oh, the side right. of the street. Right, right. Like well, he was like one of the original I'm ones. One of the OGs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. OG Lady Libs on the Back corner. Back in 2004, 2005. Yeah. Tuscan Avenue and Meats. I was right there by the Orange Mall, just hustling and shuffling. Huh. You could have caught me. So Dano was. He uh, worked Uncle with my my brother. Yeah. Eventually we got. Eventually we got her, his his brother, but before that it was just Dan, Dan Bush, uh, who was in makeout party with us, and the noise even when, Lord knows. But uh, he was Uncle Sam, I was Lady Liberty, and then <laughs> we hung out and like bullshitted with the lady every morning. We get we get paid for just bullshitting for an hour, which was, and she was she liked to eat and we liked to eat too, and so she would just share snacks and we'd bullshit and then we'd go do our thing. And uh, it was it was a chill. It was pretty chill. Sounds pretty chill. But we tried to get out of dancing and dressing up. I <laughs> right. mean, that that was the thing we didn't really like to oh, do. Yeah. So we only did it. We did it a handful of times. Eventually, she started hiring uh, homeless people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Lee and homeless people. But and then we just pass out flyers. Guerrilla marketing, you know. Uh, sure. We had post-it notes and skateboard through the mall and just tag as many cars with these things. And it was pretty good, but the security don't like. It's sometimes you get called back. She got so she knew we were doing our job because we're in we crossed one town and the city called her and she had to come and take oh, them all down because no. this is before cell phones. We didn't have cell phones. She didn't couldn't get us. It was yeah. oh, it was, so we so it proved that we're doing our job. Sure, but we were 
We dicked off a little. Yeah, when my brother started working for him, he started bringing Kool-Aid vodka. With with seeds. With, yeah. And the seeds come from he, would, he emptied the, my the, parents, the bird food my, he'd seed for my, container to fill it up my with... My parents' bird feeder and fill it up with <laughs> Kool-Aid, uh, Kool-Aid and vodka. So the seeds were so from, be sort yeah, of seeds yeah. from the wow. leftover is, inside. Good old girls. Yeah, that's pretty punk rock. It was punk. <clears throat> but we don't need two fucking Lady Liberties on the same corner. And an, an <laughs> three an, people on the and, corner. And, they don't do that anymore. There's only one now, but a whole crew of like yeah. <laughs> Lady Liberty. <and laughs> they they like split it up, break it up, folks. Getting yeah. drunk on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't last for too long. So the, I, the I, early two thousands, yeah. man. I worked at my job for five, almost five years. It was good. You know, I got paid well, and sure, it was it was a job I could have worked at forever. People I was working with worked there for thirty years. Yeah, and, uh, but it was really, it hurt to work there because I worked so hard through college and I worked so hard through life for it to lead to this little cubicle looking at right. boats and I'm not interested in boats or fishing or anything. And, uh, so it was like, it was kind of a drag, man. it was kind of a drag and it was killing me a little bit. And that was, uh, we would go on tour and they would hire temps to take over while I was gone and then in 2009, the economy went bad, and they weren't going to let me go on tour. So I was like, man, I'm not letting this shitty fucking job stop me from doing something that I really love and want sure. to do. Yeah. So I quit my job, and I cashed out my 401k, which came out to about $7,000. And then I used all of that money to open up the shop with Brian. And Who had a record store previously called Third Eye Records that we... Uh, Frequented, mm-hmm. and he was an early supporter of the makeout party. He co-released the first Burger record. He cool, released awesome. Yellow Sun. Too records. easy to love you. So uh, that's a cool team. Then, yeah, we've been know? friends, and and when he had a falling out with his old partner, and his old he had a falling out here and there, and he just had his folks' house filled with boxes of records, and we'd go over there and dig through them and we try would to go to his parents' house, and it's just light full of records world. everywhere. And so I was like, man, we got to start a store. And so we, me and him started the store, and that was about nine, almost nine years ago. And you can get, like, pretty much the whole catalog here, almost, the Burger Records. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, this is how we live, too. We pay ourselves through the store. The right. record label, all the money goes back into the record label, pretty much. Oh, cool. The catalog has been pretty limited runs from the very beginning. Sure. Everything from, you know, 100 to a couple thousand. I right. mean, some things we've got to make thousands of. Yeah, um, yeah, but a lot of but, stuff is but pretty mostly like everything is limited yeah, run, and yeah. we just keep moving forward. Yeah, and just trying to get out the new stuff. Cool. But we we specialize in used records. I mean, we're the, the huge. Store. Oh, the store does. Yeah. The store does. Yeah. We're huge record nerds, so we know you know we can buy records and flip them and make money, and that's sure. That's how we like our buddy Joe here brought us some records today, and it was tough, but paid him fair. Yeah, yeah T Rex the slider. Yeah. Uh, the repressing of the Stones, uh, Satanic Majesty's request was that, that was sounded really sonic. Sounded flowers, flowers, too. flowers too, but the, that one pressing, UFO. it sounded really good. So I, I know I was just acknowledging <laughs> it was a repressing from the early two thousands, ought something. Or yeah, others, I went to Goodwill and bought like two hundred dollars worth of records. I came up with Goodwill Sun the Ra other day. And found Sun Ra records at around like, here. Yeah, right down the street. Nice. And so this is what I'm talking about. Like yeah. at Goodwills and stuff, if you get in right, you know, we got really lucky because this 
Yeah. Well, timing. You is never everything. know yeah. unless you go. This, uh, the one we went to, I've never found records there. Every single yeah. time, like the hundred times I've gone there, they right. have a stack of shitty, like right. thirty shitty records. So sure. I went there, and the whole bottom row was full of records, and I was like, oh shit! And I started flipping <laughs> through, and I found all this jazz stuff, and right. found a sixty-dollar like Iranian uh, or Egyptian pop uh, music Perfect. record, and. You don't find those every day. No. No. And I called Bobby. I was like, Bobby, you got to get down here and, and check out these records. Wait, Bobby Bobby's Soul? He, no, he works here oh, with okay. us. Uh, Bobby May. He's worked here since pretty much the beginning. Since he got so out of high Bobby school. Soul's uh, Fullerton dude yeah, uh, at yeah, yeah. Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, but Dame Funk there years okay, ago. Cool. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is Bobby May. Hey, it's Bobby May. Okay, uh, so he's he, yeah, in. He uh, down and bought a bunch of records. So that's. I mean, we're the, like the only record store in Orange County. Really? Yeah. No. I mean, that specializes in all kinds of records. There's sure. Radiation, which is all punk. There's Mr. C's, which is. Lord knows. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, but you guys are an institution, so yeah, like. And there's you know. Black Hole Records, which is a ripoff. So. Uh, Factory. Yeah. Factory Records are in Cosmo. They're like They're half great. an hour They're away. They're great. But uh, in this little Anaheim, Fullerton area, there's oh, yeah. not a lot. So we get everybody sells their records to us, and we're really lucky that way. That's like, great. And we're a little more polite than, than yes. the radiation, <laughs> our punk friends. Sure. Not saying that they're all jerks over there, but some of them don't know customer service very well. They're just no. too punk. Yeah, I mean, it's like the better. movie, it. like uh, Fidelity, High Fidelity. High Fidelity, yeah, <laughs> when they're talking shit on the customers and stuff. Right. But he's our friend, and he's uh, a nerd, bigger yeah, nerd than I am. He's a total yeah. nerd. Yeah, that was a changing point in our in our relationship. Hobbit shit, Nat. You know what I mean? Nat. Like he's he in works in at Puke and Vomit Records, Radiation Records, like total punk dude. Right. But he's like inner earth. He, ca- he came over. And we were watching Lord of the Rings once, and he's like, "You guys like Lord of the Rings?" And we're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he just started going off on Lord of the Rings. And the next time he came over, he brought us like the orc. Doll, he's like, I got an extra one of these. Right. <laughs> it's like you would never think, looking at this guy, that he's a total right. Lord of the Rings nerd. But Hobbit head, that yeah, Hobbit head. That and was, I, I lost a lot of respect for him. At the I gained a lot. Of Just kidding. No, I love him more. No, I. I'm that not, there's nothing we, wrong with we got to, We got to see a little. You know, he's got such a hard exterior that you barely get to see. You know anything other than punk? Like he's just punk yeah. all the time. So when you get to see through the cracks, you're like. Is that Lord of the Rings in there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Well, listen, fellas, I really appreciate your time and being uh, able to come to the shop. The surface, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> We're not done yet. Right? Oh, no. We're we just keep... in like 2007. Then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I want to hear all about 2008. <laughs> 2008, 2009. Right. That was when things started popping. I mean, for sure. Ty and King Tough. And yeah. Everyone was like, the rock and roll. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna, uh, Yeah. The garage rock explosion of the turn. Ah! Well, you guys yeah. um, uh, survived that. You we're know? surviving. And we're 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 every day. And you, every day we're hustling. You ushered it in too, but you were able to curate it, micro curate it in a way yeah, that sure. it's cool. I mean, obviously that garage rock was embraced by like you know pop media and sort of like manipulated, but every genre of music. Yeah, we're has. reuniting the band and we're going to ride the wave for this next century, this next decade. We're going to be right. celebrating our anniversary. We're going to have the reunion album. It's a 10-year anniversary for our LP this year. Yeah, we're going to hustle and it. And a 20-year anniversary for Lee and I's friendship. Oh. Boom. So, and you're celebrating by re-releasing the... By, by making jokes and hopefully following through. I think uh, I think we have an airplane now, I heard. Yeah, Berger. Berger is coming to 
fruition. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'd like a so, ride on that. Yeah, it's party plane. We got a party, a party bus in the future. No, a party plane. There's a party plane floating in the air somewhere, but I hear that we may get an RV. Ooh. An RV. I, I saw RV. that text yesterday. <laughs> I got a text from from an unknown source saying, "Hey, do you guys want an RV for free?" Wow, yes. that's yes. the next. Stage. I've been vibing it, so and he's hard. been vibing it. And then I'm just like a person that's weird. Con, con, uh, three, four, five. We're on time. <laughs> okay. Yes. We can end the interview. Cool. Got a, got a nice three, this is nice. Three forty-five. Perfect time. It's still. Uh, you can still finish your. We can talk forever and, and try to finish thoughts I had twenty I got minutes a lot more ago. Weed, so. <laughs> we can keep this going. No, this has been awesome, man. And uh, rock and roll pop culture. Yeah, thank you guys. And just, just I a think it's time. And it, but I I want to say it too because I I've seen you a couple times since we graduated. And yeah. Shit. But I just think it's even though you were a quiet kid, I guess quote unquote, like when we were in school, when we were he was quiet, young He's come lads. Out of the show a lot. When we were lads in school. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. No, I'm just proud of them. I'm proud Me of the, that you guys put out a lot of great music. Yeah. You discover stuff. You kind of dig deep. You frack deep into the uh, psyche of like just new shit, and it's and, and doing re- reissues that are cool. So thanks a lot. And you got a brick and more a cool store. And I'm a record oh, yeah. dude. I've been digging for records and DJing, collecting records since the, you know, since the early mid '90s too, and DJing since then. So. Yeah, yeah, so everybody, that, the that groove, weird baby. kid who doesn't talk, you know, make friends with him. Yeah, Bring for him sure. Out of the shell. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you never know. It might be another Sean Borman waiting to yeah. be found. There's a Sean Borman yeah. in everybody, okay? There's a Sean Borman <laughs> born every day. <laughs> and, and I think, yeah, just sharing, uh, that's how you make friends. You always make friends just sharing, whether it's music or french fries or whatever. Yeah, I was interested to know what you got, what you thought of me in college, because I ne- I never talked to anybody. Well, you didn't from engage much, so I, I didn't. Hard, so you're a hard read. I, you know, I I knew I was a weirdo, but I wasn't sure. You know, I thought everybody else probably knew that, but. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of weirdos in Arcata and sure, at Humboldt yeah. State. Yeah, I guess. You but know. that's true. It's cool to be authentic weirdo. You yeah. Know? yeah, you true. stood out amongst many weirdos. Uh, amongst exactly. the weirdos, yeah. And in that journalism department, there was a lot of kind of, uh, Together. you know, sort of normal cats, too. Yeah, it was yeah, an interesting yeah. mix. I mean, I, I look back pretty fondly at that time just because it was pretty, pretty like, progressive educators yeah for sure. and um, and it was at a very particular time in technology yeah, and in california and in america and all that shit and i don't know it's just like pretty i feel pretty um uh grateful to have kind of landed there when i did because i sort of fell up backwards into humboldt too yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. big time i never thought i lived there so yeah and it's cool because you know you and myself and michelle and, and others but those no, you know respect. have all kind of done some yeah. Kind of cool shit. Yeah, Post yeah. make us Humboldt. Kind of, uh, you know, got our start in Humboldt, kind of. Kind of, yeah. you know, but we came in there yeah. with our own, you know. For sure. Style and shit. So anyway, thank you, man. Big ups. Oh, thank yeah. you. Appreciate you. Thanks for uh, coming by our shop. Watch the yeah. Appreciate it. We look forward to it. Yeah, cool. Peace, y'all. Yo, yo, yes, that was amazing. Thank you so much to Sean and Lee, to whole Burger Records family. If you're ever in Southern California, Los Angeles, or passing through the area, please Go to the shop in Fullerton, beautiful Fullerton, California, Burger Records. Go to their website, too, and check it out, burgerrecords.com. Many shows and many, many amazing releases. True innovators that people have, they've inspired many record labels. In fact, probably saved some major labels. 
and save some major label artists, save their asses, and made them look cool again. You know what I'm saying? So please subscribe to the podcast too. It's called The House List. I do it every week. My name is Peter Agostin, the host and producer of the show. Uh, CJ Stewart is my editor. Much shouts and thanks to him. Don't forget to drop a little donation. Uh, if you go to our SoundCloud page, which is backslash the houseless podcast, and I'll give some of that money to CJ to help pay for our audition uh, program, which we edit this with. <laughs> so, like I said, www does not pay for us. Uh, we pay for it, and hopefully, some listeners out there, and a few of them have. So, much shouts and props to y'all. It goes a long way. It doesn't go unseen, and it's extremely appreciated. Big up and shout out to the Burger Records family. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Many more to come. Okay? Love you, and I'm out.